Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to noon central. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I had the music up a little bit too loud. What? What? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was sidetracked over here uh, for Squirrel. multiple Multiple reasons. Uh, we were discussing weird and off-the-wall things. But anyway, welcome to the award-winning In Wheel Time Car Show, your go-to all-things automotive place, along with Mike Mars, Conrad DeLong, Jeff Zekin over there. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad you could jo- join us today. And um, Will Coleman. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It does? Good. Because he is our guest today. And He's been on before. Yep. And so he is with Alto Partners, and uh, he's here today to talk about uh, car share. Ride share. I've got got music in my ear. How about now? (laughs) I've got voices in my head. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I like that music. I do, too. Thank you. At any rate, uh, so, Will, it's uh, good to talk to you. I know that we'd had some sort of an issue with uh, actually seeing you, so you're going to be on the phone today, I understand. But uh, it's He's your, in the Witness Protection Program. Is that so what it is, Will? Is that what it is, really? Hello, Will. Will, you there? Oh, sorry. Now you should be there, Will. Will, go ahead. Hot. Huh? Hello, Will. Well, we can't. Come on, Don. Turn him on. Can we hear you now, Will? I can hear you guys. Oh, there we go. Good. Now we got you. That was the 10-second delay, kind of like the witness promotion. Promotion? Protection. 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 (laughs) The witness protection program. You're keeping keeping me on the 10-second delay. I promise no profanity this morning. Oh, well, well, actually, that's that's required on this show, so (laughs) never mind any of that. So, um... Alto, tell me about Alto. Tell me what you, first of all, what do you do? Yeah, Don, I'm the, I'm the founder and CEO. So, uh, I do a little bit of everything. Some days, um, you know, I'm doing radio shows and other days I'm the head janitor, but, um, I was going to ask, do you uh, have the vacuum cleaner? (laughs) I got a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. Great. Perfect. really want to (laughs) know. Great, 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 great to know. Where are you located physically? Uh, I'm I'm in Dallas this morning, um, and our headquarters is here in Dallas. Uh, at Alto, and you might be asking about Alto more than me personally, but at Alto, what we do is uh, we do rideshare uh, elevated. Uh, Alto means elevated, and uh, we are elevating the experience in rideshare for both passengers and drivers. Uh, as we talked about last time, we're really excited to be down in Houston now. We we founded the company here in Dallas, and. Um, uh, operated here for a couple of years, and we're excited to, to get to Houston when we launch back in October. Well, you know, so I sure am glad, to, just, to be- just to go a little bit off track here, uh, I did want to congratulate you on at least having a football team up there. And it looks like uh, we've, most, of us, <laughs> most of us down here are going to be coming uh, Dallas Cowboy fans if we're not already. Well, who knows? Deshaun Watson may go to Dallas. Well, that, well, there you go. Yeah, he mean- wants to go somewhere. <laughs> 
it's 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 not clear that either of our football teams has a quarterback that we can count on. So um, you know, we've got. I think. Well, ours is <laughs> we looking can commiserate so. in that misery. Yeah. So ours is looking. So tell Jerry, give him a little elbow, you know, on the shoulder, and say, "Hey, Jerry, guess what? They got a call, a, a, a actual quarterback down there in Houston is looking for a place, and he could still live in Houston and practice up there. Yeah, he can commute. But back to the topic here, Alto. <laughs> Alto ride share. No, I'd rather talk about football. No, right now. you don't want. You don't even watch football. Bad. Alto ride share is an elevated ride share. What does that mean? It's it's a little bit nicer than let, the, the Ubers. Let and Will the, explain yeah. it. Tell us about it, Will. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, elevated to us really means three things. It's all about safety, consistency, and quality. And so we're really focused on doing things a bit differently in order to ensure that every single ride is safe. Uh, high quality and and that that consistent experience shines through for our customers every single time. To do that, uh, we operate differently than our competitors. We have W-2 employee drivers, not independent contractors like most transportation companies. And we have a dedicated fleet of vehicles. That means um, like an airline or a hotel, uh, you know, we're responsible for that asset. We uh, clean and, and disinfect it daily. We can keep it safe. Uh, and well-maintained so that every single time you you hail an Alto VR app, you know exactly what you're going to get. You know the experience you can expect, uh, and you know that you're getting into a car that is clean and safe, which we think is you know, even more important now than when we founded the company and something that, that consumers are really looking for as they try to get back on the road, get moving again. We know that movement is critical to Uh, our society and to rebuilding our economy. And so we want to be there to help people do that in the safest way possible. So you said that you own the asset. So these are vehicles that are owned by Alto, not like some of the other ride shares that are out there that, you know, whatever, whoever it is, is driving, it's their personal vehicle. Yeah, exactly. We actually think that there's a huge opportunity to build the capabilities required for an an eventual autonomous transition. We think that that transition is still 10 to 15 years away in our industry. And so drivers are are a core part of our our offering and and we think will be for a really long time. But, um, you know, owning the asset and uh, building the operational capability to, to run a fleet of vehicles, hundreds of thousands of cars across the U.S. and around the world, we think is a really different set of capabilities than um, what exists today when each individual driver brings their own vehicle to the platform. Um, and so we, we think that, that, you know, what we're doing obviously creates a great customer experience today, but also allows us to, um, you know, build those capabilities for the future so that we will be the eventual winner in that autonomous uh, robo-taxi world. And, and we, you know, we know that uh, that's going to be really, really valuable when it does happen. And so we're starting now because there's, there's a lot to build. Financially, are you, are you competitive with, say, Lyft and Uber? We're half the cost of their premium products. So we think that we are a better experience than even what you can get in, in the Uber and Lyft premium uh, levels with uh, half half the price. That does still make us a, a bit more expensive than the absolute cheapest option on the road. Um, but our customers typically are willing to pay those few extra dollars in order to you know get that consistent experience. We we see it a lot like a Starbucks coffee. You know you 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 can get a coffee a lot cheaper uh, at a gas station or somewhere else, but. Um, you know, people go to Starbucks because they know exactly what it's going to taste like, what it's going to smell like, 
and that they're going to make it exactly the way you want it. And, and that's at any Starbucks, you know, in any city all over the world. And, and we think that that consistency, that branded standard is, um, is, is worth it and uh, that our customers uh, really value that. And you have some control in that consistency by owning the fleet, as opposed to the, the two big name competitors that are in the market. You never really know what's going to show up. And actually, I've, I've used them in the past. And what shows up isn't what's on the on my phone. And the guy shows up in something else. And it's like, oh, my other car is broke down. And I'm borrowing my sis- my daughter's car or something like that. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, do they I've... know that? I don't think you're supposed to do this. But yeah. I took the ride anyhow. Well, I've been in Detroit. We call uh, that rideshare roulette, you know. You know, and um, and yeah, it's it's a real it's it's a real problem. I mean, uh, in particular, it's a safety issue, right? You don't really know uh, in those cases, you know, if, if that car is registered, if it's been inspected, if it's uh, you know, if it's safe, if that's the right driver, uh, have they been through the background checks? And I think, you know, a lot of people have been in those situations. We yeah. talk to women and men all the time that say, yeah, I mean, I I sometimes you know. I, I find that exact case where the, the car shows up and it's not exactly what uh, the yeah. app says or I didn't expect. And you know what? I ended up just getting in because that's it was I was in yeah. a hurry or it was there. there and, and, and and we don't think that's a that's a great, um, you know, that's a great trade off that people should have to make. No, I agree. Uh, I totally so agree. we're trying to, to fix that problem. For you sure. had you had coined a phrase a couple of minutes ago, and I'm wondering and I, and I want credit for this. So if you make money <laughs> on it, I want I want a little bit of that money. Um, or at least advertising on the show for it is uh, uh, ride sh- or, uh, uh, Robo Rideshare. Have you trademarked that yet? <laughs> no, but uh, maybe maybe we should get after it. That's, yeah. that's a good idea. Either that or own the uh, own the uh, w- website address. I like yeah. the roulette comment. Yeah, Robo. Well, I don't. I don't know if we want rideshare roulette. That, <laughs> there's some bad connotations. Yeah, that, that may not work so good. Some uh, different. Robo rideshare makes sense because the autonomous car. You know, there are parts of the country that autonomous cars are functioning today because they're still in test uh, uh, mode, but they are on the road. You know, there's autonomous cars in the suburbs of Washington D.C. There's autonomous cars. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's autonomous cars be. driving around San Francisco. Bernie's in the back seat. With exactly his with his. Mittens. With his mittens on, so, so but you, that's kind of you're you're getting into that market, and that's a little bit of your plan. Is that correct? Is to be the the leader in the uh, robo rideshare once it becomes more popular. Yeah, you can imagine that you know the 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 things required, the capabilities we call them required to to operate in that world are are much, much different, right? I mean, we, our business, we obviously have a a major part of it that's customer facing around, you know, actually our apps and our, and, and our service for our customers, but there's also a really big backend operating facilities, our, our depots, we call them where we store and maintain and clean and fuel and charge our vehicles. Um, the, the technology is quite different in terms of how we think about optimization of that fleet and supply and demand management and positioning and repositioning of the cars to ensure that they're properly dispersed um, within our service area to, to serve our customers in the best possible way. And all of those things are, are quite, quite different than um, in a marketplace model where, where an Uber or Lyft doesn't really have um, any control over supply. They, they, they don't want that right. control. And it, it leads to different outcomes, not only for us as a business, but for the cities in which we operate. You know, uh, our ability to have that control over supply means that we can make sure not to 
oversaturate any given area of a, of a city to reduce congestion, reduce vehicle miles traveled, reduce emissions. And all these things we think are actually really important as, as an operator as well, things that we can uh, do better and provide uh, better outcomes, not only for our customers, again, but, but for the entire community in which we operate. And, and so those are really, you know, the mission of, of Alto is to elevate the, the experience for our passengers, for our drivers, and, you know, for the communities um, where, we, where we work. Yeah, Will, you, you've mentioned community several times. So you came to Houston back in October. Alto came down to Houston back in October, and, and you immediately got involved, I think, uh, for the election uh, you were offering people some rides or some help getting to the polling sites for the election back in the first part of November. And then yeah. Thanksgiving, later on in that month, you were doing some things for the community as far as making sure people uh, had some food. You were, If I remember right, you were picking up donations and making some deliveries. Yeah, we did a huge can. That's, that's absolutely right. We did a huge canned food drive where we where we encouraged customers to just put cans out on their porch and made it really easy for them to be able to make donations. We then went and picked all those up for free and, and took them to the food bank uh, there in Houston. Um, and and we're, we're really, you know, we, we feel that it's really important to be integrated into uh, the communities that we operate in and that uh, we can, we have a unique capability uh, by being out on the road and having these assets to uh, really use them in productive ways. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's fluctuations in demand for rideshare. You might expect that, you know, fewer people um, are moving at 11 a.m. than at 7 a.m. Or, or at 7 p.m. And so uh, this gives us real unique ways in which we can uh, leverage our assets and, and, um, and give back. Actually, we just launched a, a special car in Houston called our art car by an artist there in, in Houston, Shelby Nicole. And we're actually uh, it, bringing it's it up. A, it, it's a, it's a, uh, a, a, a moving piece of art that we've um, kind of put onto the streets in Houston to, to try and bring uh, a little bit of uh, cheer and, and, you know, uh, smiles to anybody that, that sees it as, as it's driving by. And uh, we think that it's those sorts of things um, that allow us to really, um, you know, be, be a, a different, have a, have a different feel in terms of our relationship with the, with the, the cities, the states, the communities in which we operate. One uh, that we've seen, you know, many, many of our competitors take a much more, uh, I'll call it uh, adversarial approach. And uh, we, we think uh, there's a lot more a lot more we can do to uh, be partners. Yeah, people will see that one coming, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, we've got a picture of it up there. We had a picture up there of the artist, Shelby Nicole, and it's very artsy. Very artsy, <laughs> but it's also very friendly. I mean, it's not like a big black suburban pulling up in the middle of the night, you know, and you're kind of wondering who's in it. You know, this is very, <laughs> very inviting, if you will. Colorful. Colorful, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, she uh, Shelby Shelby is is actually a pretty well known public artist. Uh, she's worked in in Houston. I think she has a project where she she paints murals on some electrical boxes around town to make them um, kind of stand out and and be a little bit more of a of a uh, target uh, something fun to look at than an eyesore. She's done stuff with um, Kendra Stott, Scott, the the NFL as part of the Super Bowl when it was. Uh, in Houston, and I think you know a lot of others, and, and we're really excited to partner with her because it's a great way for for us to 
display our asset, our brand, our car, uh, but also to, to raise her up and to showcase her uh, art and to make more people aware of what she's doing in the community. And so it's it's really you know a win-win partnership, we think, and, and something we've uh, always been excited about to be able to do in, in those cities we operate. So, Will, uh, what's the next step here in the Houston area? You know, it's all about growth. Now we we started, uh, I think, as we talked about last time, kind of in a in a smaller service area with with a, a relatively small fleet of, of only twenty five vehicles. Uh, we've grown that fleet, almost uh, doubled it um, since uh, since then, and and are adding new cars um, all the time. We're we're getting you know more customers, uh, more businesses, more consumers that are reaching out and, and excited to, uh, to partner with us and to, uh, to take rides. And so we're, uh, we're really leaning into that. You know, we, we do feel that our differentiation is again, more important today than it ever has been. I said that before, and I, I really believe that. I think that, um, that what we're able to do to, to offer people, you know, a way to get around safely in, in this time. And, and we think this, unfortunately, that this kind of need for safety and cleanliness is going to last for quite some time and, and that we're going to be able to continue to do that. So we, um, yeah, we're, we're just, we're, we're excited to continue to grow within, within Houston to serve more and more of, of, uh, the greater Houston area. Uh, we've got our eyes set, you know, on, on Katie and, and the, uh, the woodlands and, and, you know, continuing to expand, uh, as we, as we grow the fleet and, and can grow our driver base. Rideauto.com. Yeah, RideAlto.com, or you can find us on uh, the Google Play Store or App Store, searching RideAlto there as well, and download our app and uh, you know sign up. Uh, you, we create an account, and, and you can uh, join Alto, which allows you to get discounts on on all of our on all of your rides. So uh, our members receive thirty percent lower fares than than uh, guests, and they have access to our fleet anytime, even in periods of high demand. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we give away a free month of membership so people can try it out and, uh, and we'd, would love to, you know, have your customers or your, your listeners, uh, be our customers and, and give us a try. Uh, we, uh, are always, always looking to expand the, the user base and excited to continue to, to grow in Houston. Well, All right. Cool. Well, very good. Will, thanks so much for joining us today. It's rideauto.com and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank Have you. Have a great Saturday. You do the same. Okay, time now here on the In Wheel Time Car Show for Conrad's Car Clinic. And I know that you have something over there. Yeah, well, you know, kind of want to talk a little bit today about uh, owners assume that our vehicles to be reliable. And if we just kind of listen to Will, that's pretty important. Uh, we trust that the brakes are going to stop the car every time. And if you think about how a brake system works, you know, you step on the pedal and the car stops. That's what it's supposed to do. There's a whole lot of engineering that goes into that. And, you know, you're trying to stop basically a three, 4,000-pound vehicle by slamming on the brakes. And it, that causes all kinds of um, stresses and upsets on the vehicle. You got to make sure the tires are gripping the ground correctly. You got to make sure that the brakes are stopping the vehicle. And you're talking about basically stopping a charging rhinoceros when you slam on the brakes when you're trying to stop the vehicle. You want to depend.
depend on the fact that that's going to work. You know, at a glance, your brake system doesn't seem too complex. You know, hit the pedal, the car stops. But the hardest working parts of the system create a lot of heat. And that heat can be detrimental to the to the vehicle. Um, considering the great amount of friction it takes to accomplish this, it's no surprise that your brake fluid takes a beating. Brake fluids have additive packages built into them. Some are much better than other, others in those additive packages include some pretty full pretty powerful players like corrosion inhibitors, anti-wear and antioxidants. All that may seem kind of complicated sciencey words, but trust me, these additives are crucial to the reliability of your brakes. Every time you use the brake pedal, you increase the heat in the brake system from the friction and the higher the friction, the higher the heat. And that heat causes the fluid to expand. When the fluid cools and contracts, it draws in a little bit of humidity from the outside air. And that humidity, when you bring it into the system is really what creates the issue. And the issue is the sponginess of a brake pedal. So we want to make sure you're extracting all that humidity out on a regular basis. One of the ways you can test um, brake fluid is to check the copper level inside your brake fluid. Um, brake, uh, your brake lines and your braking system, there's actually quite a bit of copper in it. And as the fluid ages, it leaches copper out of the inside of the system. And you can measure the level of copper with a test strip it kind of goes from white to purple, and the darker the purple, the more copper that's in it. And when the brake fluid exceeds like 100 parts per million copper, it's time to change the fluid. Some brake fluids out there in the industry actually turn green as they age. They'll turn green, then they'll turn brown, then they'll turn black. <laughs> and the reason they so turn... So do I. <laughs> so does Jeff. Well, think about it. What color does copper turn when it corrodes? Green. Green. So you, you can see that green in the brake fluid is the brake fluid ages. So if you're going, uh, you know, driving a vehicle for a long period of time, you definitely want to service the brake fluid at a regular interval, depending on who the manufacturer is, is, uh, is how often you're going to change the brake fluid. There's some manufacturers that tell you to change the brake fluid every 20,000 miles. Oh my every, God. Every three years, really? every two, oh yeah. Uh, Nissan and Mercedes are every 20,000 miles. Um, Honda is every is every three years for the first fluid change, and then every two years for each fluid change after that. The Europeans tend to be every two years. The domestics tend to be every three years. So getting all that old contaminated fluid out is very, very important. Fill it with fresh, new, fortified fluid for the to la the longevity of your brake system is pretty important because you got to remember as it's leaching that copper out of the system, uh, that's what's called. That's how you can measure the corrosiveness of the fluid. So get your brake fluid checked, and if you haven't changed it in three years, find your service center and ask them to change oh, that, the brake fluid. The brake fluid, that's the pedal on the left, right? The that's the pedal in the middle, right? if you drive a shifter car. There you go. Don drives a shifter car. A shifty car. Uh, <laughs> some of the uh, news making headlines this week, the president. Mr. Biden on Monday vowed to replace the U.S. government's fleet of roughly 650,000 vehicles with electric models as the new administration shifts its focus towards green energy. Biden criticized existing rules that allow vehicles to be considered U.S. made when purchased by the U.S. government, even if they have significant non-American made components. Biden said he would close loopholes that allow parts like engines, steel, and glass to be manufactured abroad for vehicles considered U.S. made. Good luck with that, Bubba. And right behind that, I put this story. 
<clears throat> Ford Motor Company said Thursday it will build the new Mustang Mach-E electric crossover at a joint venture with Chang'an Motor Company with sales in China beginning later this year. Hunter's invested in them. Sorry. Hunter Biden. <laughs> Ford began no, no. building the Mustang Mach-E in Mexico last year with the first production limit of 50,000 units. And you going- hear that, Joe? You need, might want to talk to uh, Henry. And they're going to sell a uh, special Starbucks version. It's going to be that light, light, co- light brown color. Call it the Mocha Maki Auto. <laughs> and they need to make the Beast all electric. The Beast all electric. Yeah, you know, the, the big presidential limo. They need to make that electric if he's going to really hold to it. Yeah, there's some discussion on that. Well, considering the Who's the discussing Hummer, it? Considering uh, different, the, different journalists trying to figure out is that really possible because of the weight of it and and oh yeah, it's possible, but it's only going to get five miles before they have to recharge it again. Yeah, Either that or, or tow behind it a big diesel, diesel generator. generator. <laughs> Talk about anxiety. There you go. Rain General Motors going. plans to stop selling gasoline-powered vehicles oh, by 2035, gosh. as it works toward a goal of becoming carbon neutral by 2040. Will I be alive? No. Well, GM's commitment to carbon neutrality follows promises from other automakers, including Ford, Volvo, and Nissan. GM's goal is a decade ahead of the targets Ford and Nissan have set, but in line with Volvo's. Nobody really knows. Because think it, the one thing that's missing in this story is... Batteries that last a long time. Well, uh, that and the fact that we don't know. People we do know aren't into electric cars today. Maybe that's going to change. And you have to listen to what they're saying. They're going to be carbon neutral. That doesn't mean they're going to be totally green. It just means they're going to be balancing. General Motors says they are going to be fully electric by 35, which means no gas, no diesel. No oil. Good luck with that. Good luck. Yep. Okay. All right. That's it for this hour of the In Wheel Time Car Show. Our number three starts in just a little bit. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, February 20th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone's invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all at one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard just south of I-10 in Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Loopy founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise in, Tailpipes and Tacos, Saturday, February 20th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy. The in-wheel time car show will be there, too. Get your ride ready, and we'll see you at the Tailpipes and Tacos Saturday morning cruise in, February 20th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy, weather permitting. Is your business or company looking to stand out in a crowded advertising market? Looking to reach the real auto enthusiast? You found it. You're listening or watching In Wheel Time, and so are your fellow enthusiasts. The In Wheel Time Car Show now reaches half a million, and we can put together a marketing plan that will engage them in your product, business, or service. To get the tires rolling, just shoot us an email to our marketing director, Jeff Zekin. His address is jeff at inwheeltime.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to noon central on Facebook, YouTube, and our InWheelTime.com website. 
Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.